0: Welcome to Conservation Unfiltered, a podcast all about the North American model of conservation and your chance to dive into conversations about trends, research, and outdoor activities. It's time to get wild with the 2021 Conservation Media Award-winning host, Jason Creighton. Welcome back to another episode of the Conservation Unfiltered podcast presented by Conserve the Wild. I'm your host, Jason Grayton, and this is episode number 147, Rooting for the Detroit Pheasants? This week, I'm going to be talking with Natalie Seifer about urban pheasants living in Detroit. Natalie is an educator with the Michigan DNR, working as a park interpreter at the Outdoor Adventure Center. In her position, she teaches about Michigan's natural resources, including the Detroit River, Great Lakes Sciences, and birding. Listen in this episode as Natalie explains the Outdoor Adventure Center's role, mission, and educational opportunities. She's also going to recap how a local population of pheasants became heroes in Detroit, why the birds are able to thrive in an urban environment, and the importance of having grassland habitat in an urban setting. Hey, welcome back everyone to another episode and we have a very interesting topic today uh, as I'm sure you could see from the title and you heard a little bit in the intro. Uh, My guest today is Natalie Seifer and we're going to be talking about pheasants in Detroit. Natalie, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm I'm doing great. Uh, This all stemmed from a short little YouTube video that um, I saw on 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 YouTube, uh, that talked about that there were some pheasants that were in Detroit. Um, But before we talk about that, I want to you work as you know, a uh, park interpreter at the outdoor adventure center. Can you just talk a little bit about what the outdoor adventure center is, and some things that are offered there and why it's important to the community.
1: Sure, absolutely. So the Outdoor Adventure Center has been um, in operation since 2015. So we're just going to be getting into our eighth year here soon. So we're still pretty recent um, in the state of Michigan and uh, unique for the Department of Natural Resources because we are located um, just a few blocks from downtown Detroit, actually. so if if yourself or any listeners are familiar with um, the renaissance center building or the gm world headquarters um, it's one of the main skyline images of detroit that's just a couple blocks from our building Um, and so the things that we offer here uh, we're kind of like a hands-on museum all focused on Michigan's natural resources. So we have sections of our um, facility that are dedicated to uh, different aspects of Michigan's natural resources. So, um, and it's very experiential too. So for example, um, the part of our building that focuses on camping experiences in Michigan, you actually walk into an example of a yurt. So you can be inside of a yurt. Um, We have fishing simulators that actually feel like um, feel like you are really fishing. So they pull back with you as you pull on the rod. Um, you can sit in a kayak um, and move the paddle as if you are kayaking in in a river. Um, and some parts of the building represent uh, Michigan's forest or Michigan's wildlife, Michigan's fish species. Um, so it's a very experiential building. Um, and we offer just you know general visits to come to the building for the public and for schools and we also offer focused programming on michigan's natural resources as well so uh, school programs and uh you know public programs that anybody's welcome to attend programs specifically for uh, younger folks some for senior audiences so we try to reach um every every age group in the community um And, uh, you know, diversity of backgrounds and, and things like that.
0: So why, I feel like, I don't, a lot of people may feel like, why does the DNR want to build or have a building, have a center like this in downtown Detroit? Like, that's the city. That's not, there's not a whole lot of natural resources in the city. So why is it so important to have a facility like this in a urban setting.
1: So one of our main goals is to reach out to uh, new audiences as well. So we want Michigan's natural resources to be accessible to anybody in the state of Michigan or or outside the state of Michigan uh, visitors. We actually get a lot of um, visitors from other parts of the United States and international visitors here. And so we're kind of like a gateway experience, we like to think. To what sorts of um, experiences and natural resources somebody could have, you know, recreational experiences, um, and so we just want to make sure that those opportunities are, you know, basically just inclusive for anybody who is interested. And so we don't want, we definitely want to have um, a presence in the city.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. You know, uh, I've had past guests on that have that have talked about the need for getting people that are in ur- urban environments into nature, right? We know that being outdoors and in nature is good for our mental health. Uh, the pandemic mm-hmm. really proved that. And so to be able to give this sort of almost like introductory lesson or experience into what the state of Michigan has to offer uh, as far as natural resources is concerned to people that are living in an urban setting i think that's great and especially if you can really get those younger kids uh from the schools that um might not have the means themselves to go out and experience it but they get to experience and and then maybe that drives them to try to get out or find more experiences like that as they get older
1: yeah and we do hope to light a spark um and we do have uh, certainly parks uh even right here in the city um that offer those kinds of opportunities. So um, Belle Isle Park um, is an island in the Detroit River and uh, that's just a few miles from where we are. Uh, My building, the Outdoor Adventure Center is right across the street from the Detroit River. So for example, we do fishing programs in the summer. That's easy for us to just walk across the street and. You know teach folks how to fish right on the detroit river so we do have some experiences that are right here um, close to where we're located um, so our first goal is to introduce folks right here whether it's inside our building or just immediately outside or in a nearby park and then our ultimate goal also is to um, encourage them to uh, find opportunities on their own outside of the city or still just continue within the city, appreciating natural resources. Um, but we want to eventually expand to more opportunities to do um, things. For example, um, like a day trip to maybe a more far away state park, um, You know, a, maybe a day's drive or something like that and do an overnight camping experience or something like that
0: yeah that's great uh, i i love as an educator myself i love you know seeing other states other agencies other places putting on experiences especially for for kids for students to be able to experience things that they haven't experienced before whether that's uh, I'm partial to the outdoor type stuff because those are the activities I'm involved in but you know that might even just be going to a musical or um, you know going to a play or something anything that is just sort of outside of the regular experience that children have I think is always a good thing experience them to more things so this is just right up into that and to shift a little bit but still talk about experiencing the outdoors in detroit um, experiencing wildlife a lot of people are going to think when you think of wildlife in the city you're going to think of uh, pigeons you're going to think of rats raccoons um, maybe possibly some white-tailed deer depending on the layout of the city Um, here in pittsburgh we have some bald eagles and some peregrine falcons Uh, so there's some wildlife but There's something very unique with Detroit, which is pheasants. (laughs) I got to know, um, when and how did pheasants end up in Detroit?
1: I'm not sure that it's known, that either is actually known for sure. Um, I don't know exactly how long they've been in the city. However, um, I myself remember seeing them as a child in like early nineties. Um, and that was, that was a known phenomenon back then. Okay, wait, wait, wait,
0: This isn't a re I thought this was, I was under the assumption that this was semi recent, like within the last 10 or 15 years, this has been, oh. they've been around for a while.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Holy crap.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, my parents worked in the city when I was young. And I remember uh, going to staff picnics when I was, you know, like I said, early nineties. I remember seeing pheasants and my dad as an outdoors person um, grew up doing outdoor activities, pheasant hunting on farms and things like that. And so that was, of course, super fascinating for him. So he had been showing these pheasants to me and explaining to me that these pheasants live in in Detroit, um, you know, when I was a little kid. And so it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, there's pheasants in Detroit, you know, whatever, not a big deal, (laughs) because I was just used to that. Now, I also did a little bit of research um, in when I was preparing to lead some pheasant programs with the public recently, um, I don't know if you're familiar with um, eBird. Yeah, so um yeah, so I was looking at eBird records um to try and see, you know how far back do pheasant records go at least with eBird? And of course, um you can enter records into eBird from the past. So if you're somebody that's been birding for, 40 years you can go back on your handwritten notes you can enter all that data into eBird now Um, and I did find some records for Detroit that even go back to 1972 that was the old that was the oldest one that I found so I don't know um, I don't know if anybody who's been birding in the metro Detroit area could say that they were seeing pheasants here before then um I don't know how early observations go um but that's the earliest that I was able to find
0: that is a that's a long time ago that's a long time the pheasants have been in Detroit yes. um so I mean what's the assumption I mean it's not like you can go up to the first pheasant and be like hey how did you <laughs> how'd you get here yeah. um so like what's the assumption for how they you know I like, go. Uh, Migrated is the wrong word, mm-hmm. but you know entered into Detroit and started living there, you know, sort of like full time,
1: sure, um, yeah, like we also yeah, we don't know exactly how they got here, however, it's kind of thought and and I would certainly understand this um just based on other um wildlife movement as well, um that one of the ways that they could easily um go from a more a more rural to the city area would be through railways so there's a lot of railroad tracks um coming into detroit throughout metro detroit um and really they are pretty wild open easy to travel corridors for something like a pheasant and other wildlife use them too you know coyote fox um you know all kinds of urban wildlife certainly use those um as walkways and um so that would be my thought. I would support that idea, and I think that's kind of generally accepted. I mean, some other corridors could be, um, you know, now could be like electrical rights of way and things like that. But um, you know, historically, I would, I would kind of think railways. I mean, there's, there's railroad tracks that run, um, you know, straight from Detroit to rural areas areas and you know as a pheasant moves <laughs> um it'd be pretty easy to follow
0: yeah that does seem pretty common sense you know when you start looking um the D- detroit and pittsburgh are uh the detroit and pittsburgh regions are very similar there's you know rivers um there's a lot of train tracks uh and we have uh, In a very, really really short distance outside of city limits, you have some rural areas. So, um, you know, seeing the kind of railways that we have uh, in the surrounding area around Pittsburgh, I could understand how wildlife could use that brushiness on the side of railways and the easy path of walking or um, even flying for pheasants, you know, down Mm -hmm. those railways to make it in the city limits would definitely be a a common sense way to sort of look at how they would get there. Uh, You mentioned doing some work with the public about the pheasants in Detroit, Um, how do the residents view these pheasants? Is it just like a tolerating thing, or have they really embraced the fact that these pheasants live with, you know, live with them in the city?
1: In my experience, um, they've certainly embraced it, um, and they're fascinated by them. So, pheasants are, are beautiful, especially, you know, your male pheasants that are out strutting their stuff in the springtime, <laughs> um, they're gorgeous birds. Um, and so I've had folks visit the outdoor adventure center, um, who are not necessarily, you know, traditionally outdoors people or, um, people that are familiar with lots of different kinds of birds, but they might point at my pheasant mount and say, oh yeah, I have those in my backyard like, oh, really? You wow. You know, and I would just talk to folks like that all the time. Um, and so they've been here for, for decades. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the people that have lived in Detroit for decades, I think have grown up seeing them here and they're just kind of a normal thing. Now they're not just, they're not running around everywhere. Um, there's certainly pockets where you would be more likely to see them or, or not see them. But um I don't think there's anybody that I have ever talked to that doesn't like the pheasants here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that would be, that would be just wild to me, right? If I was just driving through Detroit um, and all of a sudden not knowing right previously that there's pheasants there and all of a sudden like seeing a pheasant um, be like, what the heck is going on here? Uh, You mentioned the pockets of pheasants and, and as someone who is a pheasant hunter, someone that has, um, i don't want to say studied but at it, it least tries to understand you know the the habitat needs and biology of pheasants i understand that you know there's going to be pockets of pheasants that are where pockets of areas where pheasants are going to be greater in number and then areas where you're not going to have any right based on habitat needs um, just like any other wildlife so what is it about the city itself and like the layout that allows for these pockets of pheasants wild pheasants to live there and you know nest and perpetuate for decades
1: Mm -hmm. so detroit does have um um pretty large areas of vacant land um and so some of those areas might be um maybe overgrown parks and neighborhoods or um, parking lots, you know, that get sort of like um, the brushy edge um, that's not maintained for, you know, a few years or whatever, Um, alleys, things like that. So um, a lot of uh, land that just doesn't get used or doesn't get um, mowed and things like that. So there's a lot of what a pheasant's habitat would be or or what a pheasant would would look like at it and say oh yeah that that looks like my habitat you know tall unmowed grasses and things like that Um, and it seems like that has really um, allowed them to thrive here. Now one of the things that has happened also is you know there's a lot of attention brought to these areas that um, that are not maintained you know Parks that are not mowed and things like that, and it does give the impression that they're not cared for, and so there's a lot of talk about that too. You know, mowing the grass in parks and stuff like that. Um, however, it just from my own observations, even when some of those issues have been tackled, where an area becomes a little bit more maintained, I'm still seeing these pheasants here. So they seem to be pretty resilient to changes, um, it seems as long as there's still some kind of undisturbed, maybe alley or overgrown back of a parking lot or something like that, or it, or the case may be a, a maintained habitat, because we do have some of those as well, maintained as habitats. Um, but if, for example, right across the street from where I am here, um, it's like a mowed lawn picnic area uh, picnic shelters and things like that. And in the springtime, the pheasants just walk right through it.
0: So, I mean, most cities have, um, some sort of vacant vacancy issue, right? Um, old buildings that are torn down or they burn or whatever. Now you have this vacant lot. Um, it becomes overgrown. Um, oftentimes people in that area, like you said, you know, decide they want that area maintained right because to the human eye uncut grass looks unkept and makes our city look terrible um but there's an importance there right to to have some of that sort of wild areas even within a city and even uh, the the opportunity for teachable moments right for residents and and people to pass by that you know this is actually a good thing as you mentioned there's some maintained areas that are maintained for a more wild landscape in Detroit so what is that value of having a sort of prairie yes or uh, a grassland sort of habitat within an urban setting?
1: I think for one thing it would be a a relatively easy habitat to establish in an urban setting. Um, um, all you would have to do is either, you know, not mow an area and add seed to it or, um, you know, mow, mow it once, add seed, you know, however you want to make it, but it would be a lot easier to make a grassland than it would be to make a forest or to make a wetland. And so a lot of like that base is sort of already here and we wouldn't really need to do a whole lot to it to um, to have it be a habitat because really it's already functioning as a habitat. You know, maybe some species could get added to, um, you know, diversify the plant species. But um, I think um the pheasants that are here that really do thrive in that grassland or prairie-like habitat, um, they're very visible. So they're a lot easier to see um, and recognize and remember than maybe some of the other prairie species that I've noted in the city, which I have seen other ones and heard other prairie birds in the city, the pheasants aren't the only ones here, um, but they're very noticeable and they're likable. They're easy to remember. So I think they, they do um, act sort of as prairie or grassland ambassadors here in the city. So they would represent um, a species that would benefit from an intentionally maintained prairie or grassland habitat in an urban area.
0: So because they're so visible and and they don't really interrupt people's ability to go about their normal lives and they're a pretty bird, especially that male rooster, is there, when the city comes out or someone comes out and says like, this vacant lot needs to be maintained, grass needs cut, or whatever the case may be, is there like a, is there a local pushback if there's pheasants that are utilizing that area? Like, are there people around saying, no, 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 hold on a second, let's maybe we can maintain it in a different way so that the pheasants are still around and so that this wildlife is still around? Mm -hmm. There are some. So
1: there are certainly um, groups within the city of Detroit, such as uh, Detroit Audubon is one that I've worked with before. Um, We've done programming together. In fact, we've done pheasant programs together. So um, the Detroit chapter of uh, the National Audubon Society leads pheasant walks here in the city. um, And they've co-led them with me as well here around the Outdoor Adventure Center. And so uh, they are one group that has taken steps to um, maintain some of these areas as um, uh, natural areas. So the project that they have is called Detroit Bird City. Off the top of my head, I don't recall how many parks they are. It might be like four or five or or so, but most of them are, um, prairie and grassland type habitats. So, um, their, their, um, logo is actually a pheasant.
0: So you mentioned the, the logo being a pheasant. Um, this may cause some hurt feelings in some people's minds, but, um, The Detroit Lions have not been an overly successful NFL team for a number of years. Maybe, just maybe, if they change from the Lions to the Detroit Pheasants, that would have some good, positive vibes uh, to translate to maybe some more wins. Is that a possibility?
1: (laughs) Sure. I'm not, certainly not myself, a a huge football fan, but I I certainly see where you're going with that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Maybe changing to the Pheasants would bring some good luck. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I, you, that was one of the first things I thought about was like, how could, how is there, and, and I understand like the Detroit Lions are, um, you know, and even the the Pistons and the NBA, like the Red Wings and the, and the NHL, like these are very storied franchises. They've been along for a long, long time. So they're not going to change their names. But in my head, I'm like, there's pheasants here and now learning that they've been there since the 70s. Like, how do you not have a team that's named the pheasants? You know, even a, a local high school or something like I feel like somehow that would someone would latch, latch on to that and be like, we need to call our team the pheasants.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know that I've seen it and seen it in a sports team. Um, but I have seen um, there are several murals throughout the city um, that like large murals on the sides of buildings of pheasants. Um, I know of two large ones. Um, one of them is near Eastern Market. Um, which is a very, very, very old um, outdoor shed market area in the city. Um, And um, I know that there are some murals um, along local businesses too. So there is a brewery um, near the Outdoor Adventure Center called Brewery Faison. And I believe that is the French word for pheasant, I believe. Um, You know, they have a... their logo is a pheasant, and they have a pheasant mural on the side of their building. Um, I had another gentleman that was um, in a program with uh, his kids just a few weeks ago. And we have some pheasant mounts that are here in our classroom. And he pointed to those and said, "Hey, that's the bird that is on the wall at such and such place. I don't remember what it was called, but it was another brewery in another part of the city. On the inside, they have a pheasant painted on on their wall. So it certainly seems like it is popping up as something that's significant in the city and, and, you know, businesses are, are grabbing onto that. Um, I, there might be some, might be an urban farm or two in the city with pheasant in the name and pheasant on their logo. So it, it's certainly popping up and spreading in popularity, I think.
0: So for the outdoor person like me, who sometimes has to get drug into an urban setting, uh, into the city to do some touristy type things. I always like to try to find something a little bit outdoor, whether that's, you know, visiting a, a city park, um, that's well known in that city or, um, trying to take in some sort of outdoor activity of, of some kind. Uh, so for someone that's visiting Detroit that wants to sort of have a little bit of, um, outdoor, out, outdoorsy experience, um, in the city, what would you suggest what are some different things that that the person could do um obviously visit the outdoor adventure center but outside of that um what, i mean what else it, what else could be a possibility mm-hmm.
1: so uh, i would a couple of places that i would highlight um and you could roll this all into one day um with the outdoor adventure center would be visiting um the detroit river walk which is right along the, the, the detroit river um you can see and experience the river and you know there's certainly uh, depending on what time of year you do it um, you could see lots of different kinds of birds we do also have nesting peregrine falcons downtown um, and they they do spend time in that area as well Um, there is a wetland area like a man-made constructed wetland that does function as a habitat um, that's a part of the detroit river walk and That's at Milliken State Park, and that's right across the street from the Outdoor Adventure Center. So that would be a fantastic little sort of nature break in the city. Um, One of my favorite images is some of the photos that I've taken with the um, wetland area and the GM World Headquarters in the background. So here you have this natural area. In downtown Detroit, and you know, a recognizable part of the skyline in the background. Um, so definitely the Detroit River Walk. And also I, I already mentioned um Belle Isle Park um is just a few miles from the outdoor adventure center, and there's lots of uh, lots of outdoor experiences on, on Belle Isle. There's um forested areas and trails, um, there's uh native gardens, um, and then other facilities to visit there as well. So that would be a must.
0: All right, Now, last question. I'm coming to Detroit. If I'm coming to Detroit, I want to see a pheasant. I want to see a wild <laughs> pheasant in city limits. Where is the go-to place that will almost guarantee that if I spend enough time there, right, not just walk by, but, you know, actively try to find some pheasants, um, where should I go to try to find these, these birds?
1: in my experience, I would say right here around the Outdoor Adventure Center. So, um, again, Millican State Park, the same park where that wetland was at, there's a hill and the side of the hill is, um, unmowed, um, native plants things like that. And for the last few years, it's been a very reliable home for a, a, crowing pheasant in the springtime. And since he's up there on the hill, he'll stand right up on the top. And everybody who's around will be able to see him um, almost every, I don't want to say every day, but very many days that I was coming into work in the morning during the springtime, So like April, May, when the, uh, when the pheasants are actively crowing, I'd get out of my car and hear a pheasant right around the
0: outdoor adventure center. So, so
1: oh yeah, there's, there's our pheasant. There's our guy. <laughs>
0: Well, Natalie, this has been great. Um, I'm just absolutely astounded that there are wild pheasants living in the city limits of Detroit. And um, I I think that's a great thing. Um, I know, as I mentioned, not everyone looks at vacant land and vacant lots as um, being a prosperous part of a city. But whenever wildlife, such as pheasants, can take advantage of those areas and provide um, just everyday experiences with wildlife for people that live in an urban setting or work in an urban setting, that is going to have benefits. So um, thanks for coming on and, and talking about this and, and teaching me that pheasants have been there for decades. <laughs>
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I think the pheasants are just a fantastic ambassador for our urban wildlife. And they, uh, they give the residents here, um, I, I would think some some pride, you know, in having some natural areas and some, um, some great wildlife here.
0: Well, again, thank you for coming on. really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: That'll do it for another episode. I want to thank you for joining me, and I want to thank Natalie for coming on and blowing my mind with the fact that pheasants have been in Detroit since the '70s. I definitely did not see that coming. Uh, it's amazing how resilient wildlife can be, even in the areas that you know we see as these dirty, rundown areas, right? Like in a, a vacant city lot. Um, That can be perfect opportunities for people to be able to experience a little bit of nature and provide some of that nature uh, for wildlife out there. And it's great to see how Detroit has really, uh, as a city, just embraced this bird, this beautiful bird, uh, creating businesses with logos and and names akin to them. That's just, that's awesome uh, to see. So I hope, like myself, you learn something Uh, that maybe you didn't know before uh, when it comes to pheasants living in the Detroit metro area. Hey, I will talk to all of you again next time on the next episode, but until then, get outside, take someone with you, and as always, stay wild.